Showing a positive image of Africa in advertising, marketing, and communication may need a different perspective. Apart from having more diverse and representative teams, it might also come down to ownership. To more Africans building and owning creative agency networks with a track record for delivering work that represents the African continent in a positive light. Velin Gubane, founding partner and chief creative officer at Avatar, joins us on this episode to talk about their outlook towards building such a network. He's also the co-founder of MNN Brands, a holding company with diversified investments in leading advertising, media, and communication businesses. Would agency networks that are owned by Africans make a difference in brand communication? Is ownership part of the answer to a more transformed creative and brand communication industry? A transformed industry, a transformed agency environment, you will be able to see the type of work that comes out. He believes it starts with respecting the market, gathering and distilling insights in a way that leads to relevant work. Veli also notes that telecommunications brands from Telcom, MTN, Vodacom, and CellC have all shown exemplary diversity in their work, in how these insights contributed to their creative output. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to The Lead Creative, where we talk to the creative minds behind some of the leading brands, businesses, organizations, and top ideas that we all love. Our chats range from building brands, conceptualizing new products, strategy, and building businesses. I'm your host, Monges Mtati. Benny, it's great to have you with us. Thank you, Monges. Thank you for the introduction. I'm, I'm happy to have this conversation with you. Avatar and Eminent Brands, Veli, have been on a drive to acquire some creative and niche media outlets. Can you take us into your thinking around how this is part of your growth strategy as Avatar? Okay, maybe it's uh, relevant to start with the environment in which we operate in. Uh, which is the advertising uh, industry, uh, both locally and the rest of the continent. When we look at the players that are operating, uh, we see that a lot of the agencies have got large uh, foreign ownership, uh, and this goes across the continent. And then you look at the players that have got the access to market, you find that a lot of the bigger agencies are internationally aligned. Now, when you want to change an industry, ownership is the fastest way uh, to change a certain in industry. So when we talk transformation, when we talk about the societal changes that transformation requires, ownership becomes a very important uh, pillar to that. Now, that is the foundation of the thought of eminent brands. That's the foundation of the thought of us founding Avatar Agency, eminent um, brands uh, for Africans, by Africans. And that's very significant. So transformation should take different stages, which is the awareness uh, yeah. where people are talking about the need for transformation. But it should progress to action to say, you know, what then? must be done. Now, 
What we know for sure is that uh, human nature and just uh, traditionally and historically as well, we've seen that people with power are very reluctant to give that power away. It's just the reality of the human condition and based on the history. We've had hundreds of years where the transformation agenda has been talked about. Recently in our democratic uh, dispensation, we've had 26 years of talking about it, but it must lead to some sort of action. Now, ownership and founding and building our own networks as Africans, as Black people, as the people that are disempowered, now becomes a more powerful and faster tool to make sure that we have a play and an opportunity in building this industry. So you said a lot of, you know, very critical and significant things there, Veli, and I want to ask a couple of questions around them. So one of these things, so there are two parts here. The one, we talk about transformation. We talk about diversifying the industry. We talk about a representative industry. What does that picture look like? When we say we've reached it, we are transformed as an industry in advertising, communication, marketing, wherever it is, what would that look like is the first part. And the other is we talk about changing an industry. We know what the status quo is, but what's the change that we're moving towards so that we know when we are there and say, okay, we've changed now, we've transformed, we've arrived? It works in two parts. It's the work, uh, which is the output of a transformed agency and then a transformed industry. So the less we have the type of work that led to protests, uh, like your clicks work, like previously your H&M work, and other potentially offensive work that is a direct result of a lack of diversity and a lack of transformation. So you'll see it in the work. So that's the first phase where you can see that the industry is transformed when the work reflects a more diverse positioning, when we don't have protests due to the lack of insight and general ignorance of the people that are creating it. So there's a very fundamental picture, which is the work. You know, unfortunately for us, the diversity is directly related to the work. I think if you make tables, you can't really see whether diversity made that table. But because our work is so based in culture, is so based in insight, you can immediately pick up the work if it's not from a diverse team or a team that is reflective of the societal reality. So that's the first big part. You can see it in the work. So a transformed industry a, a transformed agency environment, you will be able to see the type of work that comes out. And now that's very significant, right? Uh, so that's the first part of the answer. The second part, when you say, so what does a transformation look like? I think sure. a lot of people have made it their goal to find the loopholes in transformation, to find the advice that is the least productive in making sure that you go and get a scorecard. Now, for me, as much as there's a few layers of transformation, and I think because of our political history, transformation has been positioned as a racial thing, as one race trying to take the positions of others. And I think fundamentally, that's where the mistakes start. Yeah. There's transformation in insight. I don't think you need to be Black 
to understand black insight. I think you need to be interested in black culture, which forms the majority, and be interested in learning those insights in order to be able to prescribe those insights uh, to brands. So there's legal and there's uh, legislative transformation, which is based on the composition of that agency. But there's yeah. also mental transformation to say, I'm a guy, I grew up in Bryanston, I live around Bryanston, I went to school up the road. Have I seen the rest of the country? Have I been to the places where I'm not from or I'm not necessarily comfortable because it's outside my cultural comfort zone? Am I absorbing the rest of the country? What context do I have of the country? Do I have a real picture or do I have a picture that touches a very small percentage? So it starts from mental transformation to say, are our creatives exposed to the rest of the country? Which becomes very, very important to say, how are you transforming your mind in order to do the work that reflects a very transformed and diverse agency? So that is the big thing with the change that we need uh, to say it's not racial, it's about interest. You know, I usually talk about I come from a place called Guamtlabia Lingana, Emanguze. And the fascinating thing is seeing Chinese people that have been in South Africa and the area for eight months speaking fluent Zulu, um, eating the local food, understanding the insight and nuances. And what happens is that the businesses do well because they can sell the stuff that they sell in the local language. They can understand what drives that. So it's not, and this is a person from China, right? Yeah. Arriving, and the only difference is that that person has got interest in learning. So that person now has acclimatized and has made an effort to make sure that they understand the reality and the context of the people that they're serving, which is their market. So right. creatives, we must do the same to sell to certain yeah. people to understand it. You know? Yes, I get um, it. Yeah. I mean to in part get the cultural context of those people, not just um as almost numbers on a screen or sets of behaviors from call it a survey but understanding those people and having that reflect in the kind of work that goes out there to communicate with those people. That's precisely it, Mungizi. And once our industry gets to that understanding, then our industry can grow because that is what grows the industry. We have a very unique art of convincing people to buy stuff or to use certain services. Now, the prerequisite for that should be understanding those people. And the more you understand those people in a very intimate way, the more you can be able to do your work of selling stuff to them or offering them a service that they need. Um, Now, lastly, you asked about uh, what does that actually look like? You know, Mzamu Masito uh, from Google had a very interesting slide. You know, you find that when people talk about diversity and they talk about transformation, they're talking about it at a very lower level or mid-management level. So they talk about, you know, we've got interns that are coming in. They talk about a middle level, but no one really talks about who is your CEO, who is your chief creative officer, what does your exco look like? So uh, transformation will look better and will be achieved when your exco's, when your leadership of those agencies, when the ownership 
of those agencies and the people that are working at those agencies are empowered to get the benefit of their work, whether it's in an exco function or a leadership function. So the slide that Mzamo presented uh, at the conference was pretty significant because that is the reality of it. Now, we talk about then what needs to be done yes. because, you know, we, we've seen the slide. You just have to Google the top 10 agencies and see who is the CCO and who is the CEO and who, what, does, what do the exos look like. It's all there. I don't think that's a moot point even. It's the reality. You only need to go into an industry function to, to see that reality. Now, I think after 26 years, we've progressed to say, and then what? And that's why Avatar was created as part of that uh, next step to saying, why aren't we building our own agencies that we have founded, that we run, that have the culture that is reflective of what the market needs? And a lot of people don't know this, but since it's you, Mongez, I'll give you this exclusive. We've been offered probably six times now uh, to be bought, right? Yeah where people have come uh, in their fancy suits with the biggest checkbooks and they've wanted to buy this agency, right? Mm -hmm. And we said no because of what this agency should represent, not only to us, but to the people that are coming behind us, the people that are growing, to say that you can have a big player in the industry, a significant player that is black-founded, black-owned, and independent. And now that becomes a very significant thing for the people that come in to the industry to grow the capacity. Now, we didn't start off by um, talking about change, talking about transformation. In fact, you know, my business partner and I decided not to talk about that until we had built enough credibility and even after we won Agency of the Year at Focus Agency of the Year in 2016, we felt yeah. we weren't ready enough to talk about it. We wanted to build, win clients. And it's only then when we had built the credibility that we started talking about the reality of the industry. Because now we had a voice, and but we also had a track record and we had worked and we had trackable clients that we have grown and awards that we have won during the work. So that becomes significant in the transformation journey. Are we building agencies and networks to have the capacity, you know? And the reason why we started Eminent Brands was because we wanted to build our own network, our African-owned network. And that's what we've been building now, totaling an agency a network of eight agencies and growing in all the three major cities. So, so that is the journey that we are building this so that others can build the same, so that we can start responding in a very pragmatic way to the question of where are the transformed agencies with the capacity yeah. to handle big Another thing that I know about you, about you, Value, is that, I mean, not only, you know, are you a very significant player and an important player in the industry from an agency perspective, I know that you participate in a lot of industry bodies as well, one of them being the IAB, and I know that you're also chair of the advisory board at Red and Yellow. So you link up with a lot of agency players and a lot of industry players who are at various levels, you know, from the small agency to the big multinational agency with, you know, a global footprint. What has the reception been on this topic and discussion of transforming the industry? 
Well, look, for some people that don't understand the intention and the direct result, they're obviously going to receive it with resistance because, as I said earlier, the way transformation has been positioned is been positioned as a system where black people replace white people, which is not correct. Um, what it is, is an equitable share uh, that is reflective of what the country's composition is. Now, the people that don't understand it will resist it, but the people that do understand it and have embraced it will see the value. Now, um, as I've said before, is the values in the work. So if you are managing brands or if your brand is being managed by an untransformed agency that lacks insight and diversity, you are operating in a risk paradigm because basically an insight mistake that led to clicks could have been stopped by a transformed agency and not an agency with black people because I'm sure maybe somewhere in that agency there are black people. But are the black people empowered enough to make the decisions? Are the black people empowered enough, even the black creatives empowered enough to say, wait a minute, that is offensive. So you find that some agencies do have black people that they employ. And because they employ them to satisfy a scorecard or a certain uh, legislative need, they don't empower those people to be themselves. And hence, even in reviews, they're trying to acclimatize to a very Eurocentric way or a very foreign way of thinking where they haven't been allowed to express who they truly are. So they walk around with certain identities that are not and insights that are not allowed to be expressed. And that's what leads to that. So the people that have embraced it see the change and they start and the clients see the growth. So as I said at the beginning, it's very hard when you are in a position of power to not be threatened by change. You don't naturally want to give away that power. You don't naturally want to. So, And I think once people start seeing the benefits uh, of the output of uh, transformed agencies, and this is not just racially, uh, it's in gender, it's in sexual preference, it's in the backgrounds that the people around the table are on. Once you start seeing the output of that, then you, you decrease the risk that you are placing on your clients and then you see the value of your growth as a result of work that is inside. Which brands, in your view, are making strides towards more representation, more transformation across the African continent? Because we talk about a lot of these examples and a lot of them, I mean, are clearing examples. And there are a lot of them to even try to count the number of brands that get it wrong. You know, there are too many. But in that, one or two that are probably getting it right, that are probably exemplary across the continent, are there any that you've noted? And what have you noted about how representative those brands are, or at least how receptive they are? I think the telcos uh, are doing very well. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, your telco companies traditionally have done well because of the competitive nature uh, between them, being able to access the market through insight. Um, we think of the most iconic line and then a few iconic lines that come from the telco space. One being Yebo Gogo, you know, uh, at the time, Yebo Gogo in a sea of very English-based communication was refreshing, you know, and it got the market and you could see how Vodacom grew because of that. 
Um, you've got the Ioba campaign. It came at a time where the young people needed something that is as close to the culture as possible. And that's why Ioba was, was huge, because it was a response to an insight, especially getting the youth marketed. MTN did well there. You look at Telcom with the Molum Klobam, you know, the iconic ad of Molum Klobam, which was richly based in insight and was very close to the consumer. Hence the success of it. Even South Sea for yourself, it was very townshipy in its breaking of the mold of for yourself. You know, it was almost zegerish at the time, you know. So you find that the competition amongst telco brands to be as close as possible to the inside has actually led to their growth. And if there's one such sector that I must uh, commend for really getting rich insights and transforming those insights into very good creative, it's the telco companies. And I think it's also because uh, most of them have also got access to different markets. You know, they operate not only um, in South Africa, they operate in the rest of the continent. Now, um, there are places where you wouldn't even dare try operate without insight in the rest of the continent. Um, I've had the pleasure of uh, traveling the continent and you just see that it's not even possible to try work in these markets without understanding the market. And you find that that's why even a lot of big companies here, uh, big retail companies, big agencies have failed in places like Nigeria uh, because you can't operate in those areas unless you've got a rich local insight. And yeah. I think I think that is starting to come here in, in South Africa. I think we're a bit behind the curve. I think for a long time, people have advertised in a very Eurocentric way, but now the consumer is starting to question uh, the advertising as we've seen. It's leading to, to work that resonates a lot more with people. It's leading to work that becomes... I think, a part of the local vocabulary in many ways, um, or at least that adopts a local vocabulary rather than becomes part of it. Definitely. It leads to authentic work. And that's why transformation and Black-owned, Black-founded agencies are important uh, because they respond naturally to that. Um, When I review a campaign, I usually joke and say, Uh, I'm one person that has gone from LSM 1 to whatever LSM I am now, but I've been an LSM tourist. You know, I've lived in the township. I've lived in the rural areas. Um, I've lived in a gated community. I've lived in Cape Town. I have different touch points, even in my own family. I can visit an uncle. Uh, that is living a certain way that is a reflective of a segment of the market and then go visit my aunt who lives differently. Uh, Mm. And I understand those things. And that's what is the value of having transformed leadership right at the top. Because me looking out for, will this campaign work in Guamshabialingana? Will my mom and aunts understand this particular positioning? Comes Mm. naturally to me because that that is how I'm auditing campaigns. So if you're auditing campaigns from your own perspective of a Santon view or a very narrow view of what the country is, you're going to lead to very untransformed work. So that's why we need more Black-founded and Black-owned and run agencies and transformed agencies from the sector that was previously uh, white-owned and untransformed. So 
Veli, how different is the creative approach in agency networks that are African-owned in comparison to global players, especially when those global or international players purport to be entrenched in the local culture? Well, it's hard for me to comment on them because I've never worked for them. But what I can do is comment on our culture as Avatar and what we have built. Um, So what we have built is an environment where creatives can use insights to benefit brands, understand the market enough to be able to communicate to that market. Now, that is fundamental for us. We've created an environment where people can express themselves within the structures of the agency and uh, the structure in which we want to have the work. We have a system uh, called ROI, which uh, determines if the work is relevant, if the work is original and insightful. Is that work going to excite the market and is that work going to be relevant uh, to that market? Now, that's how we do our, our work. Um, We want to make sure that in a room there's diverse people. So Mm -hmm. it would be hard for me because I haven't been in those boardrooms to comment on how international agencies work. But as an independent black-owned agency, the people around the room need to be diverse. The people around the room need to be empowered to contribute irregardless of who's sitting in the room, uh, whether it's a CCO, whether it's a creative director. An intern, a junior should be able to say, wait a minute. Uh, that's that's not right or wait a minute this is right you know yeah yeah or i think this yeah so what i'm also getting is that there should also be the culture of empowering voices within the agency and within the industry that are not necessarily in top leadership positions because insight can come from I suppose, anywhere from anyone's experience. And those experiences need to be brought into and reflected in the work. Definitely. You just need to give a structure on how to distill that insight. So an insight is like a raw material. And that's the differentiator from someone who's absorbing an insight and someone who's using that insight for a creative output. Now, it's it's fundamentally different. An insight is kind of useless unless you know how to distill it and turn it into work, you know? So all we do at Avatar and all we do, all I do as creative uh, head of this agency group is teach young people, uh, teach my creative team, even the senior people to say, once you've got an insight, what are the steps that you take in refining that insight to become an insight that is relevant for the client and is usable for the market. So that is the process of distilling that insight because a lot of people have insights, but they don't know how to turn it into a relevant piece of communication that uh, is relevant to the market. So it's very important because I also think that especially young creatives think just because they've got the insights, then therefore they are you know, they're translating the insight, but without distilling it. There's still a lot of work. You can have the insight, but there's still a lot of work in packaging that insight. And that's what I do daily is to take the raw material and help my creatives translate that raw material into something that is beneficial for our clients. And I mean, it's showing. It's showing in the in the kind of work that... Um that Avatar delivers and, you know, the kind of clients whose work you, I think, change from what it used to be to a more representative, more diverse, 
more locally relevant and culturally relevant piece of work that you know that avatar delivers so that is absolutely spot on and i mean i've seen that in the work that um that avatar does really in closing how can brands and agencies improve their gathering of insights i mean i know you've mentioned many different ways i mean one of those ways is empowering voices within the agency or within the team one of those ways is obviously um having a more representative and diverse team one of those ways as you've just mentioned is to distill the insights in a useful way for clients and for the brand is there anything else that comes to mind for you which didn't come up as part of the conversation that can help with um, gathering insights better for more representative work that communicates positively to people on the continent and in the country? Yeah, and, and then especially in the country and in the rest of the continent, uh, sure. because as you know, the the Eminent Group and Avatar Agency has got strong ambitions to grow into the rest of the continent. Um, there's a basic principle, and mm-hmm. that is respecting your market. Sure. You cannot advertise, you cannot market to people that you do not respect, Absolutely. because then you will have resultant stereotypes that are conditioned in society so if you grew up a certain way there is a big task that you have as a creative to unlearn that and that this goes for black creatives and white creatives you need to unlearn everything that society has told you about a certain market so that you can open up to learn but if you don't respect the market and you come to work on a certain market with preconceived assumptions of that market, you will never get it right. Whatever country I work in, we've got a lot of brands uh, that we work uh, across the continent in. Unless I respect that market enough to want to learn from that market, I can never get the work right. And I find that a lot of work that is wrong is just based on blatant ignorance and blatant disrespect for the market. So once you've got a leadership that respects the market, then they can be able to communicate to that market and actually dig deeper in wanting to find out how that market actually is because you know we talk about the dancing ad it's because people don't respect the market to learn that look yeah we might like dancing as a nation as black people but that's not all we are so respect allows the creative to go deeper to go and be insightful funny enough mungizu i was watching this show on netflix i think it's called octopus hunter right And that's precisely how creatives should be. So this guy goes into following this octopus and understanding how this octopus lives, what are the threats from the pajama shark, and that's how we should be. So he goes into the environment, he respects the environment, and he observes how the octopus moves, what is the behavior of the octopus. So being inquisitive and always wanting to learn, but it starts with respect. You cannot yeah. market to someone you don't respect. All right. Wow, that's a powerful place to end, uh, Veli. Thank you very much for your time. It was an absolute honor to have you on the show. Thank you for listening to The Lead Creative. Did you get one insight that's worth sharing from this episode? Please share it with a friend or anyone who might like it. Pop me some of your ideas and innovative finds on Twitter at Mongezi. 
This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is also hosted on iafrican.com forward slash radio. You can find me and more of my content on mongezi.com.